two pros and a cup of Joe. Fox Sports Radio, LeVar Arrington, Brady Quinn, Jonas Knox with you here. And coming up on this Thursday edition, what the hell happened with Jim Harbaugh and the Minnesota Vikings? We will investigate. Was it the Vikings? Did Harbaugh really want to go back to Michigan? We'll discuss all of that. There's the latest on Brian Flores, including some proof that he was offered $100,000 by Stephen Ross. We will discuss. Brian Kelly, what are you doing, man? What was with the awkward video? All that work, and it failed miserably. We got Jimbo Fisher, who is complaining about doing something that's totally legal now. We've got another edition of In Case You Missed It, the BQ News. All of it is coming up next here. Two pros and a cup of Joe. LeVar Arrington, Brady Quinn, Jonas Knox, and you. The Thursday edition, Fox Sports Radio. Now let's get this party started. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. It's two pros and a cup of Joe here. Fox Sports Radio, LeVar Arrington, Brady Quinn, Jonas Knox with you here on FSR. You can hang out with us as always on the iHeartRadio app. You can find us on hundreds of Fox Sports Radio affiliates and wherever the hell you are making us a part of your Thursday morning. We appreciate you doing so. We will take you all the way up until 9 a.m. Eastern time, 6 o'clock Pacific right here on Fox Sports Radio. Going to have some uh, shenanigans here on the show, some uh, hot conversation about coaching rumors, apparently one that went awry at the last second and all the other things that go along with it. Uh, but I know that, uh, you know, LeVar, you had something that you wanted to address right off yeah, the top. Yeah, heavy here, so. heart. One one of my kids that I mentored since sixth, seventh grade uh, lost his life, got, you know, got clipped by by a Metro light, uh, uh, one of those, those buses that, you know, commute people and broke his neck and, and lost his life. Lamar Patterson is... A kid Jeez. that I've gotten to know for for a really long time. He had just uh, had just visited Penn State on on over the weekend and had, was up to twenty two offers. Just just a phenomenal young man, um, and and I was just with him. So I was just with him last Wednesday and got the news yesterday that that he had been hit by a train um, in a train crossing and and lost his life so just wanted to acknowledge it let him know I love him you know wherever you're at if you can hear me I appreciate you I, you know you you've given me so many laughs so many great moments and uh wanted to just make sure I took a moment to to send thoughts and prayers out to his mom I know his mom has sacrificed so much uh in order to create opportunities for him and Almost to to well to the extent of where he's from Florida, and he ended up going to school in Maryland. So this happened in Maryland, and and I I just know the pain the pain that I'm feeling doesn't begin to scrape the surface of the pain that his his mom and and the people around him on a daily basis are feeling. So I just wanted to make sure I I sent out a word of of condolence and and a word of care and 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 just you know put that out there because he's he's someone that I love I love I loved uh, he's someone that I know so many people love when people pass away you always give them their flowers and tell them you know talk about how great they were as a person sometimes they really weren't that great of a person um Lamar really was one of those those young men that lit up a room and his smile his 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 charismatic way of doing things uh, tremendous loss, tremendous loss. Just wanted to make sure I, I I said something to it off the top of the show. So love you, bro. And, you know, fly high. Um, yeah, 
and you know it, it hurt. Yeah. It, I'm still hurting, um, but you know, just wanted to get put that out there. So, well, yeah. yeah, that's um, you know, and obviously thoughts and prayers to his family. That's rough, man. Um, especially with you know the future like he had, um, you know, all the, all the opportunities out there. So uh, that, that's a um, a rough go, and uh, you know, like we uh, we tease each other and bust balls on the show a lot that's basically 99 percent of the show is sarcasm and ball busting but you know we're obviously here for you if you need uh you need a moment or anything like that you know life gives you you, life gives you humbling moments you know life life is life is uh, that way they say it's hard but it's fair you know and and so just 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 a rough day yesterday was pretty rough i mean i guess today is is kind of rough too uh but I, I almost find it to be therapeutic to be able to be on with you guys. So, you know, let's do it. All right. So we uh, we move on from uh, over to this uh, conversation here. It's two pros and a cup of Joe here. Fox Sports Radio, LeBar Arrington, Brady Quinn, Jonas Knox. Um, and um, if you are listening to this show uh, on in the blowtorch of the Twin Cities, Minneapolis, um, we got good news and we got a little bit of bad news for the uh, the Minneapolis fan base uh, as they get ready for, uh, you know, a lot of football talk there on the, on the station. Um, apparently, uh, the Jim Harbaugh, uh, quote unquote, done deal with the Minnesota Vikings. Yeah, apparently not. Apparently the two sides had two different ideas of what uh, yesterday's conversation was going to be between Jim Harbaugh and the Minnesota Vikings because uh, after meeting with them for reportedly nine or ten hours yesterday, Jim Harbaugh is apparently uh, told Michigan he is going back to Michigan. Uh, He will return to the Michigan Wolverines. uh, But uh, the reports out say that Kevin O'Connell, who's the uh, Rams offensive coordinator, he will then become the head coach of the Minnesota Vikings after the Super Bowl, so um, so I just got to know here, uh, and Brady, you've got more uh, more intel on this stuff when it comes to college football. What the hell happened with Jim Harbaugh in Michigan? Uh, did they just uh, did did they uh, call his bluff? How'd this work? No, 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 no. I, I had really nothing to do with Michigan. Uh, there was actually a, a falling out in the interview and kind of negotiations around 3 p.m. yesterday between Harbaugh and the Vikings. I, I think Jim Harbaugh uh, was honest with everyone at the University of Michigan, players, coaches, people included, uh, about what his intentions were if the right opportunity presented itself. And he looked at the Minnesota Vikings as that opportunity, but there was something that hit a snag around 3 p.m. after a, a few hours or so, maybe halfway into you know the, their time, uh, spending time together, where things broke apart. And it's not exactly clear what that was, but you know from both sides – you know, Michigan, or excuse me, Harbaugh informs Michigan he's coming back. But with the Minnesota Vikings, they very quickly, it became clear to them that Harbaugh wasn't their guy either. So this, uh, as, as much as it sounds like it was, you know, I guess you want to say a mutual breakup, um, it, it sounded like something had occurred, something that had happened through this interview process where, where both sides just decided to go their separate ways. Um, but, you know, the, look, the interesting thing is you've got Kevin O'Connell now, who is at least rumored or reported to be the guy that they're targeting. But you look at the other two candidates that were there. Patrick Graham, the defensive coordinator for the New York Giants. He's, he's obviously a, a black defensive coordinator, black coach in the NFL. And, and the other coach uh, who's, who's uh, slipped my mind at the moment, but um, basically of, of the potential candidates for head coach, two of the three are black, and, and the only one that wasn't is Kevin O'Connell. 
And so the Minnesota Vikings are, are making this decision, or at least this information has gotten out, that Kevin O'Connell's their man in the midst of all of this, the hiring practices of the NFL. But the difference is you've got two defensive coordinators and one offensive coordinator. And if you look at, obviously, what Mike Zimmer was, defensive-minded guy, kind of swerving the other lane or going the other way, looking at Harbaugh and Kevin O'Connell as two more offensive-minded coaches. And Kevin O'Connell, who I think anyone who's met him or been around him could see this guy being a head coach in the NFL. I think it was Raheem Morris was the other one. Yes, that's yeah. right, Raheem Morris. Yeah. And, and so, um, you know, you, you, look at, you look at Kevin O'Connell, though, and anyone who's met him and talked to him, you – You've identified the fact that he's got a ton of leadership qualities. He's a bright young offensive mind, played the quarterback position, and he comes from that Sean McVay tree of offensive-minded coaches that I think make a lot of sense um, when you're looking at trying to implement a system that's effective, that's now going, what, two Super Bowls the past four years? So there, there's, there's that, but on the outside, that's not going to continue to be what people are going to talk about because of the Brian Flores lawsuit the class action lawsuit, and everything that's circulating right now around the NFL. But that is at least where we're at. But obviously the Minnesota Vikings can't hire Kevin O'Connell until his time with the L.A. Rams is done this season coaching uh, as, their, uh, as their OC. Mm. Well, I'll say this about Jim Harbaugh, John Harbaugh. Which one is it, John? Uh, Jim. Jim. John. Just call him Jim. Jonas. Jim, Jim John. Just call Jimmy him John. Jim John. Just call John. him uh, Jonas Harbaugh at this point. Why not? Right. Oh, like ball wash. I'm just saying it's like ball wash him so much. I've been called the Why Harbaugh really washer. Don't. Listen, yeah, I'm a Jim really Harbaugh guy. Interesting. Yeah. Well, and, <laughs> and looking at what the opportunity has to present, it, it was, I, I will say, was uniquely positioned for Harbaugh to figure out exactly what he wants. I mean, just based off of what my conventional wisdom of how he handles things and who he is, um, just, you know, my interactions and, and whatever, you know, whatever it is that we know about who he is at this point in terms of with his leadership and the way he goes about doing it, you got to see if you can have everything the way that you want it. We've been having multiple conversations about coaches and GMs and what the scenarios are and how they play out and and how important it is to have exactly what it is that you need as as a coach. I'm certain that that you know Harbaugh doesn't want to be caught in having to take a haircut like he did at Michigan again. I'm sure he doesn't want to get caught up into a situation where he has you know, he's at odds in or, you know, odds with the GM of the team that he's coaching, which, by the way, disrupted a very, very successful uh, coaching campaign by Harbaugh. So living is learning. Wisdom is everything. And to be able to apply it in this scenario, if things didn't seem to look or sound the way that he would have wanted it to look and sound, then don't don't accept it. You're, you're sitting on – you have a bird in hand. You don't have to look at the bird that's in the bush and say, well, I'm going to let this bird go to try to get this bird in the bush if it's not exactly what it is that you want in the scenario. So – and and granted, you, you asked, did, did Michigan play, you know, Harbaugh's bluff? It's not about playing his bluff. It was about them hoping that he 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 wouldn't leave. 
what what void that would have left, what they would have had to scramble to try to do, this transfer portal, these these kids that are decommitting. I mean, as Oregon, what what you know a coach leaving can do to your recruiting class. One of yeah. my kids, I was speaking about one of my kids early on before we got going. One of my kids just decommitted. He's going to Oklahoma State now from Oregon. There are so many guys that aren't going to Oregon now. So when you lose a coach like that, you're going to lose the recruits. And if they go to they go to the NFL, well, then you're losing those recruits to who knows where. But generally speaking, they go where the coach is going. So I think Harbaugh understood what his his situation was, and and for what it's worth, I think he leveraged it as much as he possibly could have leveraged it to get as much as he possibly could have gotten out of it. And don't think for two seconds he wasn't doing that with Michigan. Like Michigan had something on the table for him. In this scenario, right? Come here, stay here. Here's what we got for you, okay? But I think I might go to Minnesota. I'm going to Minnesota. This is what I need. This is waiting for me at Michigan. This is what I need to feel comfortable and confident leaving Michigan in this situation to do this. So, he didn't lose any players though through all this. I think there's maybe one kid who decommitted, but um, well, I don't. I don't think it went far enough for it to go down that road. But had that announcement came out that he was going to Minnesota. That's where Michigan – he wouldn't have lost the kids. Michigan was going to lose those kids. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I think there's some schools that it doesn't matter as much. You know, Notre Dame really didn't lose any either through Brian Kelly moving on. You know, I think there's certain schools – you go to certain schools, you know, play football for that reason. I think there's other schools where it may be different. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, it's possible. I mean, again, whatever the – whatever it may be, whatever it may be, I don't think any school is immune to – this new portal, this new portal uh, type of of setup, and and just the way the way recruits are handling things, I don't think anyone's immune to it. But there are ways. I mean, guys do well in terms of trying to keep recruits from not decommitting or going somewhere else. I mean, give give Notre Dame credit. I I would give I would rather say give Notre Dame credit for whatever it is that that was there for them those kids to still want to go versus it being the state of mind of today's current athlete i mean it could be worse you could be hawaii who the coach's son even entered the transfer portal that's how bad they are so i mean it could be worse i'm just saying that's that's pretty uh, pretty bad (laughs) so uh uh todd graham that's uh, that's really bad uh, hell of a ride uh in honolulu for uh the great todd graham but uh timmy chin's back yeah (laughs) see you dad happy father's day hey the brotherhood the brotherhood damn right on on fox Sports 990. Still waiting. We get a trip out there. Uh, listen, man. Any time. Listen to John Matthews, I, the I PD Scott, out there. I'm I asked in. Scott Shapiro if we added the budget. He said no. Let me pull some strings. Let me pull some strings. It is uh, two pros and a cup of Joe here. Fox Sports Radio. Lavar Arrington, Brady Quinn, Jonas Knox with you here on FSR. Coming up next, uh, we have got uh, another someone else involved in a major story in the NFL is now telling their side and. And we have got all sorts of chaos that couldn't see. We'll get into all that for you right here on FSR. Be sure to catch live editions of Two Pros and a Cup of Joe with Brady Quinn, Lavar Arrington, and Jonas Knox weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Oh, man. Uh, two Pros and a Cup of Joe here, Fox Sports Radio. Lavar Arrington, Brady Quinn, Jonas Knox with you here on FSR. 
You can tell Roberto's back in the building. <laughs> uh, the mood has changed. Uh, so uh, <laughs> good to have our guy back. Oh, man. Uh, just nothing but adult conversation. He is one of a kind, isn't he? Is. He? <laughs> he definitely is. Uh, all right. Speaking of one of a kind, uh, if you ever wanted to uh, ruin or butcher a relationship with somebody that you just were very, watch Weather very, Channel. Well, <laughs> that oh, too. Oh, oh, oh. Uh, if you wanted to ruin or butcher a relationship <laughs> with somebody you were very interested in, uh, this uh, this might be the way to do it. We'll get into that uh, 10 minutes from now on FSR. So uh, the Brian Flores saga uh, has taken on um, you know another couple of turns here over the last 24 hours uh, after all the um, the accusations and allegations in the civil lawsuit against Stephen Ross, the Dolphins owner, the Broncos, the Giants, the NFL, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, Brian Flores, uh, one of the, uh, the main uh, topics of conversation in the Flores lawsuit suit was that he claimed that Stephen Ross, the Dolphins owner, was offering him $100,000 to lose games back in 2019. And so uh, Brian Flores yesterday was asked about it on ESPN, and here's what he had to say. A conversation about not doing as much as we needed to do to win football games. Take a flight, go on vacation. I'll give you $100,000 per loss. Like, those are just the you know exact words. Um, and it's not something. Look, I deal in truth, um, and I, I say that to the players as well. Like. So there it is. That was uh, Brian Flores yesterday on ESPN. Uh, now Stephen Ross, the Dolphins owner, came out last night, vehemently uh, denied, or whatever I'm trying to say, denied the uh, allegations from Brian Flores um, and said, uh, you know, his allegations are false, malicious, and defamatory. We understand there are media reports saying that the NFL intends to investigate these claims. We will cooperate fully. I welcome that investigation. I'm eager to defend my personal integrity and the integrity and values of the entire Miami Dolphins organization from these baseless, unfair, and disparaging claims. That from the Dolphins owner. What's interesting, though, is that Cameron Wolf of NFL Network says that he spoke with a witness who claims that he heard the Dolphins owner, Stephen Ross, offer Brian Flores the $100,000 for every loss during that season. And he also says, does Cameron Wolf, that Flores' team has evidence that include messages from GM Chris Greer that would support the allegation. So, feels like we got a lot that we've got to unpack when it comes to these uh, these allegations from Brian Flores on Stephen Ross. So Correct. Uh, let's be clear on a couple things, though. Um, <clears throat> it's not racism, then, with what he's talking about doing. So the, the, that's one of the issues with the lawsuit is it, it brings this into the light. However, that doesn't have to do with racism. This is bribery. This is a different set of circumstances that – you know, to be quite honest with you, could get Stephen Ross, the NFL, in, in deeper, worse water because you've now ventured into this realm of, you know, daily fantasy, sports betting, and gambling that would immediately come to light. If you've got an owner who's potentially trying to get a head coach and incentivizing him, bribing him to tank games to improve their draft position. So that, that is what this is. Um, you then look at if he has proof for all of this. I mean, he's got to have proof if he's going to go this route. It, it's just, there's no way that you could just say, yes, yeah, so far what we've seen is what they have. They have to have proof. Otherwise, this would be career suicide for him. And so I, I don't doubt that. I don't doubt that he's gathered this over the course of his time in Miami, maybe since the first year when this all allegedly had started or occurred. 
The interesting thing about who reported this is it's, it's Cameron Wolf from NFL Network. Who owns NFL Network? The NFL. Yeah. This is obviously a lawsuit, a class action lawsuit that names three teams as well as 29 other, was it Jane Doe's or John Doe's, however they described it. That there, it's, a, it's a class action lawsuit against the NFL. The NFL is, you know, obviously trying to do all they can to squash this and quiet this down until they deliver the facts. They are issuing out some statements by team or as a whole as the NFL. But that's what makes this interesting is it's not only Brian Flores, who is obviously putting the future of him coaching in the NFL in jeopardy. It's also Cameron Wolf with what he's reporting, saying there is a source because his employer is owned by the NFL. I am sure they'd rather him not, if all things were, you know, were equal, rather him not report on something like this. So there's a lot of layers to this whole conversation, but pretty interesting that it ends up being one of the NFL, in essence, they're one of their own media members who ends up reporting this. And it, it could be very damning in regards to how the NFL – uh, views this moving forward because it's he's not the only coach. Hugh Jackson is also tagging along, saying he's got proof and evidence of this with Jimmy Haslam. And this could lead to another issue with how the draft is constructed with awarding the worst team in the league the number one overall pick. Maybe the NFL goes the way of a lottery system in order to not guarantee that. And you could tank all you want, but you know there's a chance that you still might not get the number one overall pick. Uh, so there's a lot up in the air right now where we're still try- trying to sort out the facts and figure everything else out. I think there's a lot of different points we can stop and look at and address. Yesterday for me, I chose to look at Flores more so from a from a personal angle, and, and that's the angle I guess I will address. If he feels like it's it it was racist then that's what he feels like it is if he feels as though can can i cut you off because you said that yesterday let me just ask you this sure if i felt like someone was being prejudiced or racist towards me yes i feel like no one cares well i guess but you care yeah but but no one else cares but it right, doesn't. Like if I, it doesn't matter if you care that's that's all that matters as it applies to what your claim would be Right. That applies but, but, but to I'm you. But I'm saying, I guess what I'm saying is, if I if I had if I had you know accused someone of that or said something of that, I don't know that I care. I'm not even sure there would be a lawsuit or any media coverage of it, right? And then that's and that's it just the only depends thing on think, what position you're in. Well, I, and what I get and that. what the and what the social, economic you know climate of of where where things are. So for you, it's possible that it might not hit the same way because you're white. I mean, it might not hit yeah. the same exact way. So the bottom line is, I just figure I put it that out the there. I, but Brady's I, I, white. Just thought I put that out. I mean, there. Way, to, way to ruin the illusion of radio. You Jesus know, so, Christ! And, and for what it's worth, people actually people get offended when white people say that that it's not this or it's not that. You don't know what it is because you don't have to deal with what that is to not be that. So or to be that, I, I would say so. But again, I'm just I'm looking at it at surface value. He made the claim because that's what he feels 
he how he feels he was treated. The reason why it's a story is because he was a head football coach in the National Football League, and this is a, a well-documented scenario or issue that persists in the National Football League, amongst other other industries and categories. So it is going to be a story, and we're we're not far removed from Black Lives Matter. We're not far removed from Colin Kaepernick. So it's still a sensationalized conversation when these topics come up. That's why it's a big story, and that's why it's a big thing, and that's why people are going to pay pay attention to it. And I ultimately think that that's why they're asking for a jury, not a judge. They're they're asking that this be a trial that's done by a jury, meaning you're trying to utilize the the opinions and the thoughts and beliefs of public opinion, public thoughts. So where where reality meets perception you know who knows who knows where those those lines come together but i do know this he made the claim the claims are being covered now there's other coaches you know you jackson coming out saying what he's saying harry carson came out and he had some very direct things to say about it as well as it applies to the hiring process and and how that looks in terms of for minorities and, and what their opportunities are but again, I kind of fall back to what Brian Flores is every team that's or every organization that may have you may have the opportunity to go work for or continue to to build your career are all of those teams handling things that way. Because by doing what you're doing, you not only expose what what you feel is taking place with the teams that in in the NFL with with your lawsuit but you're 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 basically taking yourself out of position to be able to work for maybe an organization that doesn't handle things that way and not for the simple fact that well because you're claiming this is all racist it's because you're filing a a, a class action lawsuit and that makes you unhireable and i start thinking to myself i start asking myself the question they're saying he's a man of principle like i have no problem with that but is is your scenario and your situation the way this is going to play out? Do you feel like you are going to have the most impact for yourself first and foremost? Because that's why you're doing this. Like you're doing this for yourself. Is that going to have the most impact for what you want your ultimate outcome to be? And are you okay with that? Are you going to be okay with with what the outcome is? Because this this will all p- play out. It will all take place, and when it's all said and done, where are you? What are your opportunities? How are you impacting your own life? How are you impacting other lives? That was the questions I asked myself. That that was what I took myself through yesterday and listening to everything that's going on. It, it, yesterday, I think the conversation was really about the the racial implications. And, and every, we talked about the Rudy rule, and obviously, you know, it, it's completely flawed. And, and the idea of it has not been executed to its, its full extent. This $100,000 offer and the claim that he's got proof for it, I mean, this is to me a bombshell that's on a separate conversation than even just the racial. It doesn't. Stuff it doesn't establish racism at it all. Doesn't. At all. Be- it doesn't. Because I wonder how many coaches. Can, if Hugh Jackson is also saying the same things, and we can get into Hugh Jackson's comments later because they feel a little bit wishy-washy when he, uh, you know, had to better explain it. 
But when we're talking about, and Brady mentioned, you know, the, the gambling aspect of it, people can scoff at it. But when the NFL partners with that and you see all the game, whether it's DraftKings or anybody else, it's doing sponsorship and getting involved in the NFL. And then you come to find out, oh, so wait a second. This is kind of like professional wrestling to where we're scripting how this goes, but we're supposed to tell everybody it's on the up and up. That is a problem. And if there's proof and he's got proof that Steven Ross was was acting in that way and rewarding him for it, I I think that's where this thing takes on a drastic turn. And I just wonder who else would be implicated in it. It's a bad look. Didn't you just win some money on gambling on pro wrestling? Well, yeah, but I'm good at it. So, so I'm not expecting everybody in the in the one percentile like me to to understand what the 99 percent people are doing. Like I'm the one percent who bets on the Royal Rumble, and I won both matches. I don't know what to tell oh, you, brother. Geez. I don't know what to tell you. I, I think there's some there's something else going on there. Yeah, something well, I mean, yeah, it's just you know somebody somebody who's really good at gambling. I don't know what to tell you, man. I'm sorry. The only thing I just gonna say though too is. You know, I, I think it, it's smart the way Brian Flores has set this up and his attorneys have set this up to be a class action. Because as much as, as, much as he's the leader of this, of trying to create change, trying to create this movement, it allows others to be able to kind of come under that veil like a huge Jackson where he, he doesn't have to it, – it's not necessarily going to be his name and face, even though he's now gotten to, gotten to be a part of this or wants to be a part of it. But it allows a lot of other coaches to join in, and there is strength in numbers in all this as it builds not only with what the evidence would be to look through and investigate, but also the public pressure in creating change. So I, I do think the way Brian Flores has gone about doing this, and, and, and then that's the only thing I'll say is when, when you talk about his feelings and if he feels like it was, the reality is you can feel a certain way, but if the, if the facts don't support that, it doesn't matter. Right. That's fair. And that's where th- then that's where he has to have facts to all this, which it sounds like he does. And it sounds like because of the way they've done this, making it a class action where other coaches can come in and get behind it. It's only going to help support their case as they gather more information moving forward. The only thing I wonder is this. So when coaches get fired in their contracts with their teams, with the organizations, it's written where, where they have to go through arbitration, which means a lot of what's talked about or discussed in arbitration will never see the light of day. Mm-hmm. And who is that arbiter that they're going to have to go speak with? Somebody the NFL appoints. It's Roger Goodell. Mm-hmm. And so that's why you know this will have to go through this legal process <laughs> and all of this. It'll go to Roger Goodell. Nothing will come from that. And then it will, then, uh, it will be decided whether or not there's enough evidence in this to see if they dismiss the case or if they keep it going where you get to then a discovery period where at that point in time, that's where the NFL will make an offer to settle because they do not want, much like we saw in the John Gruden uh, situation with the emails that came out with the Las Vegas Raiders, but a la the Washington football team, now the Washington Commanders, it's no different here with what's going on where they don't want all of this discovery to then become potentially public knowledge. And, and that's where I, I think you'll see the best offer for a settlement. And then at that point in time, Brian Flores and the rest of the coaches who are behind him, they'll be able to make a decision whether or not they want to continue to keep this thing moving forward and it, it becomes public and you would then go to a, a court of law to decide it where the payout might be even bigger than what the lawsuit is or you take the money that's on the table. 
if it gets to that point, it'll be fascinating to see what happens from all of that. But, they've, but again, to back to the initial point, he's got to have proof and evidence of it. It doesn't matter what his feelings are. He's got to have proof. The other coaches have to have proof and evidence. And it sounds like they've, they've got some right now. And that's obviously why they filed this. I don't think he'd go through all this unless he had some damning evidence behind it. To when he has to have evidence. Yeah. To get to where he's at right now, he just, he just has to have a belief but th- that that's but, but what that's he feels. A, but that's a problem in our society. Like, if you yeah, can just go around that, throwing but around. Is, but that you do know that that is the reality of our society. Right, but, but, I, think, but I think we can agree. If, if, if we can just go around suing people because of how we feel, there's some people who don't have a grip with reality. I'm not saying that's the case here, but I'm saying that's the problem with all this. You still have to have facts and evidence to back up what you're claiming. And again, I, I think Brian Flores has that. So we just got to be careful of the, the water you tread through in this society. If we're just going to all of a sudden say, hey, I feel a certain way. I'm going to sue someone. Okay, but if, if you don't have any evidence to it, like that's an issue. That's a problem then. But that's still, the again, when you're thinking about how the, the, how the public works, the, the whole term rush to judgment, right? People rush to judgments all the time. That's why you do. I mean, I'm not saying that this is well, we what should he's be trying looking to fix for. that. We shouldn't be trying. One hundred percent. But but again, I, I'm with you on. I I get that. But that doesn't that does not deter someone who feels as though they've been wronged from taking and doing litigation or trying to take it to court to get it. You know, get it rectified or them getting served justice. I'll, I'll also say this because I know we're up on it. As it applies to the class action lawsuit for other coaches, as it applies to Flores himself, if he wins this lawsuit, he's going to get a monetary a monetary infusion uh, compensation award. If if they settle with him, he gets a monetary award. But you haven't changed it. And I think that that's, again, some way, somehow we get away from the conversation of proving that you're right. Okay, even if Brian Flores some way, somehow has the evidence, he proves that he's right. That award doesn't change it. They put the Rooney rule in place because they saw that there's a problem. It hasn't changed it. So now the question has to be, how do you change it? You know, people want to get upset. They got upset at me for what I said yesterday. Them owners don't care. Go read Harry Carson's, go read his quotes. They don't care. You know why? Because there is nothing out there that can rival what it is that they're doing. And as it applies to solidarity and uh, Hugh Jackson or anyone else that decides to come out, it's not changing it. The only way you're going to change it is if you do something as extreme as the players aren't going to play until this happens. The the GMs that are, are minority GMs aren't going to do what they're going to do until that happens. And you know what's going to happen then? They're going to try to figure out a way to even continue from there to keep going forward. Because what are the other alternatives for these guys that are playing? What are the other alternatives for these guys that are GMs? What are the other alternatives? If there is no other alternative to a privately owned company that's operating the way that they want to operate, people hear what I'm saying to you right now. Get the race card out of your ears and out of your head and see it for what it's worth. If there is not something else that gives another opportunity to say this is going to level the playing field of this privately ran company, you're not changing it with an awarded 
uh, uh, conclusion to your your case. You're not changing this by saying I'm bringing this to the public's eyes and to their attention. You're not changing it. You're bringing attention to it, but you're not changing it. And I think that that's what people need to start really thinking about. Instead of doing the mock outrage thing, look at it for what it's worth. Play the game to win. Understanding is having an opportunity to try to change things and to win. Until there is a real solution, whether that be a different league, whether that be a different league, go play in the Canadian League. Go somewhere else. Because the only way you're going to make them change is if you impact their bottom line. And so far... The way I see it, their bottom line has not been impacted. They're, 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 they're people that are coming in that, that are working. That is not being impacted. And that's the point. Uh, two pros and a cup of Joe, Fox Sports Radio. Coming up next, uh, there was somebody who got made fun of a lot yesterday. Apparently, a lot of people were also wrong. We'll get into it right here on FSR. Be sure to catch live editions of Two Pros and a Cup of Joe with Brady Quinn, Lavar Arrington, and Jonas Knox weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific. Hey, this is Jason McIntyre. Join me every weekday morning on my podcast, Straight Fire with Jason McIntyre. This isn't your typical sports pod pushing the same tired narratives down your throat every day. Straight Fire gives you honest opinions on all the biggest sports headlines, accurate stats to help you win big at the sports book, and all the best guests. Do yourself a favor and listen to Straight Fire with Jason McIntyre on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Two pros and a cup of Joe. Fox Sports Radio, LeVar Arrington, Brady Quinn, Jonas Knox with you here on FSR. Coming up top of next hour, uh, if you want to hear somebody in the world of sports bitch and moan, for no reason whatsoever. This is a classic rant we are going to have some fun with. Uh, top of next hour, about 10 minutes from now. I did want to point out, all you uh, negative people out there, you negative Nancys uh, who wanted to uh, make fun of the Washington Commanders, uh, how about this? Uh, the Washington Commanders, the top-selling team across all sports on Fanatics uh, on Wednesday when they made their announcement of the uh, official name change. I mean, We're talking about the hoodies. Yeah. We're talking about the yeah, McLaren yeah, 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 come yeah. on, man. This is big well, time, well, Brady. To the point. Yeah, I'm just saying. Like, is, this is big would time. You, can I be real here? Would you expect anything different? Like, shouldn't that be the standard? We have an NFL franchise that, you know, changes its, its name, its logo. Wouldn't you expect them to be, upon debut, the number one seller? Their top players to be the number one, number two sellers? If that wasn't the case... I think your franchise has an issue. Like, this should be the standard, not necessarily something that you're publicizing or surprised by. See, I'm trying to f- uh, shine a positive light on the Washington uh, commanders slash football team slash formerly known as something we can't say or we'll get thrown off the air. Right now. Can, can, can I ask this? How do we feel about the name? It's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it's terrible. Hey, come on. Look, the Washington. Did you say Cobra Commanders? The, yeah, the Washington Sticks. It should have been the stop, pick. Can you stop doing that, what man? What do you mean? Okay, LeVar, how, how do you feel about it? I mean, I'm not a fan of it. <laughs> Was there an alternative? Commanders? Yeah. <laughs> like the Commanders could be going Commando. Hey, yeah. let me yeah, let me know. hey let me say this though. Look, the, the color scheme, a lot of people are bagging on it and say, oh, these look terrible. They're not that bad. I mean, look, they're not top notch, but they're not that bad. You know, I, there's you been know how you make it work? How's that? When? 
That's a good point. Commanders yeah, becomes a, a, a better sounding name if they win. You well, got to win. Well, it's like I mean, the Tennessee how, Titans. They're, they're I feel like jersey that's, that's going to be a hashtag ball. challenge. Yeah. Going commando in my commander's jersey. Yeah. You know? oh, do you, now, do you think they're going to, like, when so, there's like a podcast out there, is it going to be called the Command Center? Like, there's a lot of things. Ooh, there's a lot of good uh, things. Yeah, a lot, lot of yeah, stuff we could make here. Like, yeah. Lavar's going to host a uh, Washington football team podcast. Why do you keep putting me on? I played for Penn State and the, and the Giants, bro. <laughs> I'm just saying. What are you talking about? Look, I told you, if I got to wear Chuck E. Cheese because it's on my resume, you got to wear Washington oh, football team. Newsflash. And, and Brady's got to wear the Cleveland Browns. I did a poll, by the way. I did send this out to Jonas. And those that voted on Twitter, they agreed. They viewed Chuck E. Cheese as a rat, not a mouse. And we did get a, a fair mouse. amount of people who didn't he carry He does look way. more like a rat It's than a mouse. mouse. Well, it well, doesn't listen, look like well, a mouse. Listen, uh, it does look, look like a rat. I mean, I you're rat. Listen, you guys didn't play the game, man. You don't you're get the rat, it. You don't know what it's like to dress up like a mouse you are and be accused the rat. of being. You know, that's racial against rats. How about that? Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. 